Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. This is Asia Tech Podcast. My name's Graham Brown. We are talking about digital transformation, the Asian century, getting into the weeds of the latest trends across Asia. To help me in this quest, joined by my colleague, Yi Jingzhou. Hi, hi everyone. My name is Yi Jing, and I'm also a podcast host at Pitch Media Asia. Great to have you here. (laughs) Great to be here. Um, Just a little bit of background to you, Yi Jing. You're, well, obviously you're fluent in Mandarin. Mm -hmm. You're born in China. Yes. So I was actually born in Shanghai. And then I came to Singapore when I was seven. And uh, so I've grown up in Singapore. And when I was going to school, uh, like middle school and high school, I studied Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. You're pretty good at Japanese. I think yeah, I think I'm okay. I managed to pass the um like the JLPT. Right. <laughs> well, we had a little chat. Nihongo Jose desu Your pronunciation's pretty good. You even got like the head movements going. Oh, I think that's like yeah. You know, it's funny. I feel like uh, when you speak different languages, it kind of bring out that different aspect of you, right? Behavior. Like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Like you can see when you see Japanese people like. On the street. <laughs> on the street. You know they're Japanese. And without even hearing them, mm-hmm. just the way they're like kind of nodding. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, exactly. that's Japanese, right? Exactly. You have to be a cultural observer. So hopefully we can dig into some of those observations today. We're going to go to mm-hmm. Japan and we're going to go to China mm-hmm. and talk about what's going on in the world because um, young people are breaking stuff. That's what they do. That's mm-hmm. what they do sort of world over. And I think they're good at it, especially when it comes to technology um, and I think it's kind of important to what we're talking about in podcasting and communication and so on. You're a bit of a, a trend observer yourself. You're from the world of fashion, would you say? Yes, exactly. And I think uh, fashion, obviously, you know, it's about uh, it's about trends. And you were talking about young people and mm. the same idea that one trend is def- is only um, it places itself against the previous trend. Like mm. that's that's how it shows that I'm different and the previous trend is over. So it it cannot be like just a slight change. It has to be something like really drastic. Like yeah. So we're saying fashion. It uh, For a while, it was like this, all the super like minimal, minimalism and all that. And then Gucci came in with a new uh, designer, uh, Alessandro Michel in 2016, I think. And that just like flipped everything and it was like extravagance. And so yeah, all these things like, complete opposite and that's when you know that okay this is like time for a change yeah it sort of gives people an opportunity to leave people behind as well right yeah like, exactly we're doing this now and you're still mm-hmm. doing that like mm-hmm. last season so in that sort of a, sort of vein let's talk mm. about japanese high school girls mm-hmm. this is a great conversation <laughs> i was a teacher in japan so i saw them firsthand and this is where mm. i got the first-hand experience of mobile technologies being used by ultimately the greatest ever innovation department of all time, Japanese high school girls when it came to technology. <laughs> Before we sort of go there, maybe we can talk a little bit about the um, the culture of Japanese high school girls, because obviously they feature a lot in anime. And, yeah. You know, they're a bit of an iconic image. And um, I think that whole point about the contrast is important because when I came to Japan in the mid 90s, there was this, I just sort of caught the beginning of this Kogaru explosion. Oh. And that's sort of when it all started. Kogaru, uh, if we kind of like look at the the term, is it ko for kogaru from from school mm. or from oh, child? Child. So, child. Yeah. So gather is uh, actually means 
girl. girl. It's like the English yeah. of girl, but it's like the super uh, extravagant, like uh, crazy. Oh, you can, I guess, kind of think of Paris Hilton. Yeah, in a sense. yeah. before Paris Hilton. Yeah, yeah. So that's like a ghetto. And so I actually also read this recently that ghetto is talking about uh, university level students. Yeah. So co ghetto, co means uh, a child. So this is like ah. a, a child ghetto. So all those, you know, high school kids who yeah. aspire to be university students. Interesting. Yeah, I just found this out too. Really? <laughs> yeah. So the, these high school girls, they were like, very distinct in their look. So let's mm -hmm. talk about how they look because let's paint the backstory and talk about how they use technology, particularly mobile technology. Mm. So the Kogaru was, um, she was very distinct in her look. So she wore like these loose socks. Yeah, which yeah. is like a big thing they used to have. Like I remember they used to they show me they had like what, that a glue. glue. Yeah, yeah. socks. You could glue. buy it in Seven Eleven. I know it's insane. So glue up the the socks to under their knees, right? Mm -hmm. So they had these sort of baggy white socks. That was the thing, and yep. they wore like Burberry. That was big, right? Mm -hmm. And just like mini skirts. So I think it's basically kind of like party people yeah. look with like really extravagant um like big hair yeah and also the defining feature is the dark skin yeah, yeah. really tan really really tan ganguro yeah ganguro with with like the white eyeliner yeah, and eyeshadow yeah. yeah i guess it does look like, it's like a reverse panda reverse panda <laughs> so that i think the point about the ganguro gang is like means burnt doesn't it ganguro or like mm. burnt face i think it means something like that um and the point about them is they're a really distinct contrast to their mothers, that generation. Because mm -hmm. the, the sort of the females of like 30 and 40 year old Japanese women mm -hmm. were, A, they were like pale skinned, yes. very sort of like feminine mm -hmm. and very softly spoken. That was how it was. And if you see all the advertising in Japan, it was very much geared around that. And yet the Kogado were completely opposite. They were like really brash, yeah. tanned. And really loud. Yeah, exactly. Really loud. That's oh, and they love to wear platform heels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, platform uh, boots actually. Yeah, yeah. And uh, something interesting about the hair also, because they usually have really bleached out blonde hair. Yeah. And I was just reading this um, actually article uh, talking about Japanese uh, fashion and all that back in the days. And so people used to really take pride in black hair. And some, I guess, like more traditional people would think that if you're a Japanese person and you dye your hair. Yeah. Yeah, because at that time it was popular to dye your hair a brown and all that and think that you're not taking pride in your nationality, which uh, is pretty crazy. That's weird, isn't it? I think you could actually get, you could, if you went to a job interview and you had dyed hair, you oh, could yeah. get disqualified as a result of that. Uh, I, oh, I hope it's not so strict anymore. Oh, no, no, I mean, we're talking like <laughs> oh, 20 like years ago, time. right? Yeah, but that's how it was, right? Mm. You, they would actually have rules about dyed hair in the workplace. So you can see now mm. like these girls with like really blonde hair. Yeah, it's like they're probably not getting jobs or they don't have to. Maybe that's the point. Exactly. They're free time. They're like free timers, right? Ah, uh, yeah. So it was like this extreme fashion and it was extreme identity. Mm -hmm. And there was even like a subset of them called Yamamba. Yamamba Garu. Yamamba was... Too. So Yamamba were like... Were, so Kogaru were like stage one and Yamamba were stage two. And Yamamba was like this sort of Japanese myth of this mountain witch. Oh, okay. I see that. Now. I see that. Oh, if damn. you search for your mama on Google, you see some pretty damn scary images. It's like really black faces and like really white hair. They had like white hair. Uh, yeah, exactly. And it's, I, I see the original, um, the mountain witch yeah, image too. Like yeah. The myth. Mm. They, the Yamamba Garut. 
Oh my god, yeah, you're right. This is it's almost like blackface to be honest. Yeah, yeah it's like it's, it was insane. And you, you see these around Shibuya mm -hmm. and Harajuku and all those kind of areas, and it was pretty cool to watch as an observer. Yeah, definitely. I want to like, just dig into how they use mm -hmm. technology. So I saw for the first time in like mid 90s, late sort of 96 probably, I saw a high school girl who was a kogaru and she brought in these there was like I used to teach a group of them. They never turned up. That was the problem. They were also out somewhere, like outside 7-Eleven or in Shibuya. But when they actually taught up for their, sorry, turned up for their lesson, they brought, I remember this one time they brought this like pocket bear. And pocket bear was like one of those sort of like in Japan, they have those mix of words. Mm. Pocket, pocket bear, like Godzilla. You know? oh, right, right. So the pocket bear was this pager. And in the old pager, in the old days, pager used to be like numbers. Mm -hmm. mm. You couldn't actually type in text. Right. So, I mean, I did it, mm. I talked about it in this last Asia Tech podcast. Like, for example, you could say, like, meet me at Shibuya at eight o'clock mm. by typing Shibuya, which was like mm. four, six, mm. eight, or mm. four, eight, six. I can't remember. Is mm. that right? Shibuya. Yeah, it's eight. Yeah, so it's probably four, six, eight. Four, six, eight, and then mm. two, zero, zero, zero. What's two, zero, zero? Oh, because it's eight the time. But it's, it's so crazy how do they know which one is the word and which one is the time oh uh, well they just work it out i mean they work it out right so it should be at eight o'clock right mm. so and they knew four six eight that's where they all met right mm. four six eight so you could send a message before text and the interesting thing about this is that that was her dad's pocket belt oh and okay. her dad worked at i think Lico, one of those sort of copier manufacturers really boring like mm. you know like traditional it company and they, the dad would get this pocket bell from the boss and he would never use it and not know how to use it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was there to police him, right? You know, mm. get to the call box to make this right, call, right? right? But she would take this thing and realize she could call her friend, or not call it, just send a message, because her friend's dad also had one. Yeah. Before mobile phones, before the internet. So they developed this sort of beginning of tech speak long before anybody got hold of it. And this was 1996. When I went back to London in late 98, I remember walking into the high street of the mobile phone store, you know, because people started to buy mobile phones then. And I just saw these bricks everywhere. And I thought, oh my God, what is this? These are huge. And they say, like, this is our latest phone. And it was huge. <laughs> I like now the phones are big, but back then, like, big phones were crap. Right, right. right. So I remember walking into this high street and I thought, oh my God, I've just walked into the Stone Age. And I just thought, I've seen the future. I've seen mm. like teenagers using mobile phones and meeting up through mm -hmm. mobile phones and sending messages and so on. I thought that's going to happen around the world. So I thought, well, you know, there's lots of phone companies around. Maybe I can go and tell them about that. Mm -hmm. So I went like knocking on the doors and they were saying, oh, we don't do kids. That's oh what they God. told me. It was like 1998. And I think, wait, this is the future. Messaging, mm -hmm. all that stuff. And they were like, no, no. Like we're all about middle-aged road warriors they called them road warriors back then the business people yeah okay so like if you're it was all about you know if you're a road warrior you you're an exec on the mm. road and you would have this organizer mm. that's all it was about back then so um i was like yeah i think i've seen the future and it's like young teenage girls and funny like i think obviously history played out and proved the mobile companies wrong, but how sort of young women, young teenagers even like adopt technology and break it yeah. to their own purposes. And it's not just a Japanese thing, is it? Like it happens in other cultures as well. Definitely. So maybe we can talk about China because China's like the new trendsetter when it comes to technology. What are you seeing? Mm. 
Mm, yeah, okay. So um, I'll just be sharing some of my um, observations, yep. as you say here. Um, in terms of young people breaking things or, or like, you know, not using technology as it was supposed to be, I think a lot of it starts from this subcultures. Yeah. So as you were saying with the Japanese high school girls, they they form a subculture, like the Kogaru girls. I, d- I don't think, you know, like maybe every girl had that like pocket bell and then was using this encrypted messages. So it's like a bunch of people that want to um, like set their own boundaries and not be part of like another group. And then they s- start having this, their own forms of communication, their mm. their own messages. And then eventually as it grows bigger um, and they use the the platforms that are already out there. So eventually as they grow bigger, I think the platforms goes back to want to service them and monetize that. Mm. So yeah, that's something that um, I'm noticing. So just sharing, I guess, one subculture from China. Uh, so when I was a kid in China, like about five or six, there were actually a lot of Japanese anime that was being broadcasted on national television. Mm. And then um, the Chinese government decided to stop that and to push for their own animation companies. They want to support their their own industry. So they kind of stopped broadcasting Japanese anime on TV. So what people had to do was to look for pirated stuff. Yeah, so there were a lot of this, um, I mean, pirated CDs, DVDs were really common. Mm. And then also with the internet, um, I guess like people sharing... Uh, share. Uh, the, I mean, there, there's like torrent and all that, but also something like actually like Google Drive. So mm. in China, there's like Baidu, right? So Baidu Drive, and I realized that a lot of people actually watch um videos through that. Mm. Yeah. So recently, I found out that it's it's common within like the English speaking community as well. But I never knew it, it. This thing like began in China like way back, you know, ten years back that kind because everyone has Baidu, and then they have all this pirated things and they share it like you can go to a forum and be like where do I watch this and people mm. will share you a link and then give you um, like it's password and encoded so they give you the password and the link and then you can go into their drive that they share with you to download ah. or like just watch it there so it's their platform right exactly but it's, sharing. yeah and I'm sure Baidu didn't expect this mm. and like didn't want it to be like a place for sharing pirated stuff but uh, I mean, it's getting more common, and you know, with like cloud space and all that. Mm. Uh, that's something that can be. Monetized. What kind of content's going on there? Actually, a lot of um, dramas, uh, television series that's usually from overseas. Right. So, like, is that uh, just mm-hmm. is that blocked in China, or is it just mm. not available? I think it's both, but yeah. a lot of it is not available. And that has changed a little bit. Like the a lot of the streaming websites from China have um, grown over the years mm. and have started buying licensed things. So okay, actually I can give an example of one of this, mm. which is this one called Bilibili. And this is interesting because it started off as um, it basically copied a Japanese website, like anime and a foreign website. I think it was two channel, mm. and it's like a video streaming platform. And the one of the features is that there are this live uh comments that's that's like flowing through the screen yeah yeah called tamaku mm. have, have you watched those before no no on in on anime yeah on oh. anime it's yeah i'm not a big enough consumer <laughs> of anime <laughs> yeah but the thing is that it started off as this like not everyone watches anime so yeah. it was like a pretty subcultural thing and then even 
in China, there are quite a lot of people who watch anime, but still, there is a little bit of stigma as well, you know, with like the otaku and, yeah, and like, yeah. you know, the people who don't go and socialize it. There is that stigma. So, um, with the people who actually started watching anime on this um, pirated website, so Bilibili was pirated and then it copied the, the format of that Japanese forum mm. where people can talk to one another and like start making so this form of community where people like can start making a lot of uh, insider jokes and then yeah, like yeah. insider like you know language and all that which now as it has gotten the platform has gotten bigger it has definitely kind of um, like leaked into the mainstream yeah. yeah and become like you know popular hashtags and stuff like that that actually big brands are picking up on to yeah to use to like sell it back to this young people yeah you see that I mean it happens in the English speaking world as well mm. like with Reddit and yeah, exactly, 4chan, exactly. I mean, 4chan's a bit extreme, but a lot of the memes that came oh out God, started yeah. in that Do world. Do you use Reddit? I, I have an account, yeah. Okay. I'm not on... You're the like thing is, lurking you, or... I'm lurking. <laughs> the thing is with Reddit, unless you post regularly, if you try mm. and go in there and post something, people say, like, get the hell out. You're oh just trying God. to advertise something. You've got to be like a regular <laughs> right. contributing to a community, right? Yeah. But I do... I mean, I think it's a great place to get trends from mm -hmm. if you spend any kind of length of time there it turns your brain into mush though that's the problem <laughs> yeah yeah definitely because that's where like the um i guess the most the people on the ground are actually really having a lot of innovation yeah. that don't necessarily um uh like get out to people who are you know in companies and all that yeah. but that's where like all the the i think a lot of the real innovation comes from because yeah, they spend definitely. so much time right yeah like, and they care about it. they're passionate these oh, people yeah, like, totally. especially in the anime world they're just like mashing stuff up and like you know they're mm -hmm. messing around with it without getting paid mm -hmm. i think yeah, we'll come back to some of the trends in china in a minute i mm -hmm. think there's like a a sort of an anthropological angle here which is that i think you know if you look at like human history and mm -hmm. human tribes if you like and even go back way to the Stone Age time, the Yamamba, like the real Yamambas back in those days, <laughs> they lived on mountains, right? You have, I mean, if you think about how tri tribes survived, you have sort of, everybody has to have a kind of a different role mm -hmm. in the society. You have to have those who go out and forage, mm -hmm. like they go and pick the berries and the, find the meats and stuff. And then you have those who kind of run the tribe. Yeah. Right. The the leaders. And then you have all the kind of followers. There's yeah. like three rings, mm -hmm. if you think about it in society. And the foragers by nature have to be out there right at the extreme. If they're sort of worried about what the mainstream's doing back home, they'd always be coming back going, did you miss me? Did you miss me? <laughs> they're like, no, get the hell out of there. Go and like, go and find some meat or some berries. Right? right. So they're out there like foraging and they're happy doing that. Yeah. Right? And they're with the other foragers going off. And in this sort of context, the foragers are those extreme yeah. sort of fringes. Uh, mentally and evolutionarily, they've been sort of adapted for that, right? They're mm -hmm. out there. Mm -hmm. And then you've got, you, you have those guys and the followers who are sort of like, they're just sort of doing their thing and they're happy with life and nothing changes. You've got to have a bridge, which is the leaders who can translate what the foragers are doing and bring it into the, the mainstream, right? And mm -hmm. the, the leaders have to be, they have to be constantly looking at these signals. Mm -hmm. What's going on over there? What's going on over there? Now that's, that's just nonsense. That's important. And they sort of bring that in. And interestingly, the dynamic evolves such that the leaders are kind of elected by the followers. They say, mm -hmm. actually, you're really good at finding mm. stuff for us based on what all those extreme people are doing. You're the filter. Yeah. 
you can help me understand what makes sense. And I'm going to elect you as a leader. Mm -hmm. And if we'll just keep bringing interesting stuff back to the tribe, right? Mm -hmm. Now let's have a look at how that works in technology. And like this example, you've got these extreme groups, mm. you've got 95% of the world here. And then you've got this five, sort mm. of this small group of leaders who sit in the middle who are able to sort of relate to all the bitty mm. bitty lot yeah. and the Reddit people and also relate that to normal people. Yeah. Normal. Quote no, unquote, yeah. The main the majority, story. yeah. So I think like we've evolved, like that's mm -hmm. how society society needs all these different roles. And you can yeah. apply that to technology. You also have those early adopters and the mm -hmm. late laggards and so on. I feel like the leaders, as you were saying, they're elected by the people, right? So they are elected in the sense that people realize that mm, the leaders are they can be brands or something, or like mm, companies. Yeah. They're they're the ones that are able to take the extremes and kind of, or like, you know, be the ones that notice or kind of like scout what's the next scout, thing. Yeah. yeah. Scout. And, and filter. Yeah. And, and, you know, make it into something that's more, um, I guess, that regular people can digest. Yeah. Because if you just take something really extreme, like how many people are really going to adopt that? Yeah. So well, you look at those fashions. Sometimes you see them on the catwalk. You think nobody. I also remember my mom would say nobody's ever going to wear that. But people do. Like right? eventually. <laughs> eventually, but they have to be filtered, don't mm -hmm. they? And the leader has to know. So it's a brand or a high street retailer has yeah. to know what the people want, right? Mm -hmm. So they're not going to wear that. But let's take a little bit of that and just interpret it. Mm -hmm. So brands really are those kind of leaders in a way, right? Yeah, the the good ones. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, <laughs> there's classic examples of people doing. I mean, everything from like if you're a car manufacturer, it's the same, right? You come out with a design, and you, like you either completely misread the the market, mm -hmm. or you get it right, right? And it's not going to be the extreme, you know, like you see in the car shows, the auto shows, the 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 concept cars. Mm -hmm. They're extreme. They always look like the Batmobile from back in the day, right? <laughs> Nobody is ever going to drive that. It's only got what one seat okay, we need to make this work for a family. Mm -hmm. So that's the sort of the interpretation of the the distant signals and the trends, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. So kind of going back to some uh, examples or observations in China. Mm. So I was sharing about the anime website, Bilibili. So now it has uh, become licensed and, and fully like profitable. So it has turned from something that's like pirated to like a to an official distributor of anime. And actually what's been out from there is that, uh, so a bit unlike Netflix, instead of just acquiring shows, so Netflix makes its own shows, right? But for this one, they don't necessarily make their own anime. They might, but actually a lot of the content is user-generated. Hmm. So it's kind of like a, a, both Netflix and YouTube. So they, they can actually make a lot of stars within their community that uh, it's, and it's a very focused community, you know, like anime and all that. Mm -hmm. um, but from there, actually, I guess like a subset, a sub, sub subculture or something um, that is, mm, I guess it, it, it's really popular there because it, it has some similarities to anime, which is this, uh, in Chinese it's called Gu Feng or, uh, so Gu Feng basically means antique or dynasty period inspired art and music. Mm. So you can think of like, especially Han Dynasty or like Tang Dynasty, um, that kind of um, like period looks and, and drawing styles and uh, those kind of things are really popular and also music. So those people are also like a, a small group of people that have been really active 
on the website and that they manage uh, to because they make a lot of content with music and all that so as they are growing they actually I guess the platform and also other um, technological like apps on that notice that this is a, a growing group so they actually t- I think tweak some things to um, like service back to this group of people right yeah so, so they're creating they're okay so understand mm. they're profitable they have a platform they're commissioning content mm-hmm. and how big is this thing um oh man i don't really have numbers right. per it's, se. it's big though people know i mean if you talk about it in china mm. even though it started as a sort of a more of a fringe thing yes it definitely started more of a, as a fringe thing but uh i guess bigger in the sense that you can you can see people uh not not only like people dressing up in this way on yeah. on the street and okay for instance like more and more people um wear it as like a normal wear instead of just to like a, a you know anime conference or something yeah but also i think increasingly in uh popular media in their like television shows mm. there will be uh more representation of such styles yeah and and also like a lot of dramas and all that they are inspired by this styles start surfacing and gaining a lot of popularity mm. yeah so i mean dramas with real people and celebrities obviously like a much bigger reach mm. uh, reach like mm. reach yeah mm. so but that that's the mm. sort of the, the ripple effect isn't it yeah. of any sort of trend or technology let's move the, let's talk about mm. podcast and dating oh yeah okay because obviously <laughs> we were podcasting and um Mm. I always find, I mean, dating is one of those things, isn't it? I mean, okay, obviously, um, the key here is about bringing people together, connecting. Yeah. And um, like, if you think about, go back to Pocket or if you listen to like the last Asia Tech podcast, I talked about Dengon Dial, which is basically mm-hmm. like using old fashioned message boxes to for dating, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is what Japanese high school girls did again and it's like you know you give some technology to young people and they find a, a way to kind of yeah. connect with each other and a lot of that is dating yeah right? i mean uh, it's not yeah. necessarily serious it's just kind of like you're finding the world mm-hmm. learning about people learning about friends and so on mm. what's going on in china at the moment in the podcast space yes so podcast apps in china are actually I would say much more advanced than uh, a lot of the English ones that we have and use in the sense that uh, they don't really limit to just podcasts or audiobooks, but more of um, audio content or audio files. And mm. that can be in the form of uh, like live broadcast sessions. So there are this like karaoke rooms where, where if you go into the app, you can join the room and then you can join like, you know, 10 other people seeing karaoke that the strangers you can just join in and so the dating part is actually um i like that one i mean before we get yeah (laughs) let's talk about karaoke boxes have you been in a karaoke like a real karaoke box offline in japan yeah of course that's like a thing right it is and it's still a thing (laughs) yeah it's still a thing and it's definitely it's a good night out Mm -hmm. and i've been like i've done those and found myself like at four in the morning like (laughs) they started with a group of 20 people and now there's four (laughs) how do we get home because i know like all japanese they all go together and leave together yeah but like you know foreigners they kind of come and go so you have these very sort of wild karaoke night sessions but yeah Mm. good times but i love that idea of you can just go somewhere and just hang out with people and it doesn't have to be in a pub exactly and it's a good sort of like i think especially for a well, I mean, the context of Japanese is there aren't a lot of places to connect. Mm. 
you know mm. there's bars there's restaurants mm -hmm. but like if you just want as a group to go somewhere there isn't a mm. lot you can't sort of there's no sort of public space right that's why they go 7-eleven mm. outside right <laughs> yeah so yeah. i mean the karaoke box is a great idea and i feel like when you go to a karaoke box in any other country sort of especially in europe or america it doesn't doesn't feel right mm, yeah i don't know what it is because there's, <laughs> there's alternatives right yeah you're right you're right i think it's because japanese people are not as willing to uh open up and yeah. talk to strangers maybe besides like uh izakaya kind of place yeah so that, and only like, if you are a foreigner as well right yeah kind of mm. yeah so, interesting just karaoke itself it's a great mm. obs observation cultural observation karaoke um why is it so popular why did it come from japan it's because of that the karaoke effect right which yep. is like do you have that kind of pressure that you can't be yourself express yourself yep but then yeah. at the karaoke here's a mic yep now you are Elvis Presley, mm -hmm. whoever you want to be. Mm -hmm. and, and it's like entertainment for other people that are yeah. there. That's like really important, yeah. that aspect of it. Yeah. But I like the idea of now their karaoke box app. Right? Yes, and that's the, that's the crazy thing. It's not like, uh, I mean, there are actually apps like that. Mm. Uh, that's just for like seeing and all that. But <clears throat> this is within a podcast app. So in a sense, like everything revolves around sound. Right. It's everything is audio and sound. So this would be like, for example, in like Stitcher or Castbox exactly. or equivalent of that, or yeah. even Spotify. Yeah, right? exactly. It's it's more like Spotify, but with uh, all these other options, mm. which is, I mean, I think what's missing from let's say like Spotify or like Podbean or these podcast places is that. Uh, there isn't really a place for people to come together yeah, as a community. Yeah, it's completely missing, isn't yeah. it? I mean, the, I, I, Spotify had that feature, like, you know, you could follow what your friends are doing. I hate uh, it. It's so, <laughs> it's so rubbish. It's like, I don't care. Yeah, it's like... I really don't care what they're doing. It's like, yeah. I don't want to, like, look at their playlists or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's that's not, like, um, a real kind of... Uh, you're not really talking to them. You're, no. you're just, like, passively receiving yeah. what they're Creeping putting out there. Them. Oh, my God, you're right. <laughs> it is just like, yeah. I mean, but that's the point. And I think there's a bigger conversation there mm. before we dive into this this these apps there's a bigger conversation there you can see the pattern very much western apps mm -hmm. are mission focused let's be really really good at this one thing mm. so spotify let's be really good at you know audio content mm -hmm. um whatsapp let's just be really good at messaging yeah and facebook let's just be really good at that and yet these Asian apps, it's not just Chinese. I mm -hmm. mean, you could grab Gojek yeah. and AirAsia. It's like, let's just do whatever customers want. Exactly. And let's just be really good at that. Like, if they want payments, you got it. If you want food delivery, you got it. If you want karaoke mm -hmm. box, you got it. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, yeah, we just really understand what your exactly. problems are and we'll just solve them. And that sounds like mm. these apps. Totally, totally. They're, they actually uh, add new features very, very frequently. I would say like almost every few months or something yeah. and it's like quite a big change it's not like just an upgrade in the uh, in the user interface or something you know like this karaoke thing it didn't it wasn't there when I first started using an app in 2016 what is the app we're talking about uh, oh this is Li Zhi FM Li Zhi FM yeah Li Zhi L what does that mean L-I-Z-I-Z-H-I it means lychee like okay. the fruit okay. yeah so the logo is also the fruit yeah yeah I don't know why it's called that so lychee FM uh, it's like apple you don't have to ask yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Li Zhi FM. Right. And now they've moved quite a bit into uh, like live broadcasting mm. and, and that kind. Uh, but when I started out, it was it looked like a radio. So I go into the app and it was just uh, 
one one podcast will be playing I can press next and I yeah. don't know what's gonna show up so it felt like a radio but now it has it's very very community focused so in mm. the under under the discovery bar there are actually a lot of options to um, for instance like uh, voice date matching yeah. so yeah that, that's like the, the dating voice they were talking about or like play with friends and then you can record like a five second voice uh, message that and then use that as sort of like your Tinder profile to match with other people. Yeah. Yeah. So we were talking about that, weren't we? Because there's a bit of AI in that. Before, mm. before we get there, it's interesting that you, when you said, I'm looking at it now, mm-hmm. that when oh, you- I've got to look at it on your phone. F- oh, okay. So, <laughs> and when you first started using this, it was very mm-hmm. much just like a radio. We exactly. Just, and if you think about all those kind of podcast platforms and even like sound-based platforms from America, most mm-hmm. of them, with the exception of Spotify, that they are kind of all like that. Yep. You know, like it's just a whole bunch of content and it, it's been like that for like 10 years. Yeah. I think like Pandora FM or something like that. Yeah. You know, they're not around anymore, I think. But like all of those kind of companies, that's all they do. And they mm-hmm. they haven't really changed for 10 years, but yet you're saying they started there and evolved rapidly. Yes. Into now voice dating. Mm-hmm. How does that work? So um, for the voice dating, uh, it's, it's under the discovery tab. Yeah. So, uh, and as I was saying, you can actually record about a five second audio clip of your voice. You can say anything. It can be like, hi, I'm eating, or you can sing something. Yeah. And sometimes they also have certain poems that, you know, like they will prompt you that if you don't know what to say, you can read out the poem. Uh, or like maybe some sort of uh, inspirational quote. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they, they really thought about uh, the people that's actually using this thing. Like, what if I'm someone that I don't know what to say? Because yeah. the whole point maybe so much isn't about the what you're saying as compared to how your voice sounds. So this is a bit like Tinder in the sense that, oh, okay, you're just looking at the, the image that, is this person beautiful? Is this person hot? Yeah. Yeah. So you're just like, is this voice what I like? Yeah. Interesting. I'm going to ask you about your profile when you ran the test. Well, <laughs> okay. Before we do that, that... I'm a great believer that voice is one of the few things left that you can't fake. Mm. It's maybe in time they'll fake it, but there's so much nuance in a voice. Yeah. That you, it, there's so many like variables going on there. Like if you're listening to us now, you probably like may even have a picture of what we look like mm-hmm. and um, all, all those kind of things. And maybe even the emotions coming out and you can't really put a filter on it. You can like mm. increase the bass a little bit and put compressor on it, but you can't like with Instagram mm-hmm. make your eyes bigger or you know change the face mm. shape, which mm. is very much fakeable. And like even do the angles, isn't it? When people yeah. try, it's fa- I think visually mm-hmm. it's quite easy to fake stuff. Mm-hmm. It's hard to fake voice over time. Definitely, and you know, if we're saying uh, music and stuff like that, you can also tune your voice. But yeah. if you listen to uh, the singer. Uh, on stage talking to you he's not faking that yeah, yeah. and the tone and the way they talk so definitely like that authentic part of it do you think that's why i mean i don't know maybe with something like dating it makes sense isn't it you maybe you get a different view view mm. sound of somebody <laughs> right you can make a like it's hard to like if somebody sounds creepy mm. like or they mm. sound i don't know I, I feel like it? I feel like the thing is uh, they kind of understand their audience in the sense that you know who are these people that uh, want to be singing karaoke for, with a mm. stranger? Who are these people that will be listening to this audio content alone at night? So 
it's most likely a lot of uh, no, maybe not just young people, but just like a lot of people who live in cities, uh, they're on their own. They don't mm. they don't have they don't have friends, don't have family at night, and they just want like company. That's most people. Exactly. That's not that's most people. <laughs> I guess period. yeah, it is right? right, especially young people, especially in China. Mm -hmm. They move like, across cities. Yeah, totally. You've got like I don't know that the biggest migration in history mm. from the the rural villages to yeah. the, the cities, like two hundred yeah. million people in. You know, Chinese New Year is a oh, testament yeah. to that. It's just do not travel, right? Mm -hmm. So that happened. I mean, that happened in Japan mm -hmm. a, a generation before, and they all came. I remember, like all my students going back to those high school girls. Like all my students, they came from like outside. Mm -hmm. They might have been born, but like maybe one generation back, they came from Akita or mm, Gunma or yeah. all these kind of like northern provinces. Yeah, and like they would also go back there and see their families. A lot came to Tokyo, and therefore, this this sort of brings in the whole Starbucks story again, mm -hmm. which is like you know Starbucks grew out of Seattle, which is like you know that city in in America where more people moved to than anywhere else mm -hmm. in the nineties. So you had mm -hmm. lots of young people moving there, and they were like, yeah. oh, "Okay, what do I do? Where do I go?" And they didn't have churches, and they didn't have families, and they didn't have like you know like office environment so they went to starbucks mm -hmm. so it was like a meeting place yeah so mm -hmm. like you know i think again it's like young people drive the trend because they're kind of by default seeking out company mm -hmm. they look for the social spaces where they mm -hmm. can find it so in a way mm. liji is kind of like doing something like yeah, that. yeah and i mean with the with the dating aspect so we're saying all this people who are who are lonely who don't know where to go to um to to find friends or dates and you know with tinder and stuff like that you have to put a picture but what if yeah you're not like super hot so your chances of getting like uh, most of us <laughs> yeah exactly especially <laughs> in this day and age like when you look at instagram yeah i just feel like jesus like you know these people like how does everybody become like so good looking i know right no oh, seriously though so i feel like inadequate <laughs> and i've got an excuse because i'm on like on the wrong side of 45 but if i was young <laughs> Like looking at that, I'm thinking like, I don't have a six pack like that. <laughs> like I don't, I'm not, don't look like the rock, mm -hmm. you know? Exactly. It's reality. It's like, wow, people must be feeling really inadequate. Mm -hmm. But that's where this like, you know, voice part comes in because you don't have to show your face. Yeah. But maybe your voice, you know, sometimes people say, oh, I just, I just really like that person's voice. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's something about it. Yeah. So... Maybe you're not super confident about your looks, but then, you know, your voice has a certain quality that's attractive. And then you can use that as a form of, um, yeah, just matching with people. It doesn't have to be dates. It can be friends as well. Yeah. You know, you think about relationships, like if you have a partner, let's say my wife, for example, she gets pissed off. She's going to say, you don't listen to me. <laughs> that's it. That's the reality, isn't it? You don't listen to me. It's not like you're not looking at me. Yeah. You think about how important that audio medium is for communication. Forget totally. about technology now. Yeah. There's something totally. there, isn't it? You're not listening. Hmm. So what that means, I don't know what, what does that mean? It means that somehow audio and relationships, the most sort of connected, I feel mm. somehow. I don't know if, it, if you, if you were to open up the brain and have mm. a look that whether the auditory, auditory aspects or the auditory cortex, for example, is most connected to meaning and emotion mm. you know for example they say like you know that smell that mm, definitely it, it reminds you like oh that's my like grandma's more, house right it's more permeating i think like with with 
visual, you only have your eyes. You, I mean, you have to. You can only look in one direction at a time. Yeah. But with your ears, you can turn your back to that, but you're still listening to it. Hmm. Yeah. And I think the great thing about the audio is that uh, sometimes you listen to it and it's, and it's kind of you know background, but then something speaks out to you and then you focus and you know it doesn't have to be like grabbing your attention the whole time, which is something great about it too. Yeah. I mean, think about how many times you listen to that song. <laughs> well, what do you think? Here's a test. It's a test for listeners as well. What do you think is the most ever song that you've listened to, we've listened to? Who knows? There must be a song that you've listened to, what, a hundred thousand times, a million times? <laughs> it doesn't change, does it? Mm -hmm. But why do we keep listening to it? Yeah, it's like, it, it's tugging at some of our emotions. Yeah, and, totally. Yeah. I was, uh, I had a good conversation. I was at an AI summit yesterday and we were talking mm -hmm. about rock and roll. Okay. And like the, the discussion was like, uh, why do we listen to music and will mm. machines ever better write music? And I said, well, a machine could write music, but it couldn't ever do it with meaning because a machine's never lost anything. And mm. like, if you think about all the great love songs, <laughs> they're about love and loss, right? Yeah. Are they not like, you know, I loved a girl. She said, no, I lost her <laughs> or I was an idiot. And then I got her back. And yeah. it's like, you know, it's the hero journey, right? Mm -hmm. So if you think about all those kind of love songs, it's like because machines are programmed not to lose, but they're programmed not to make mistakes, mm. they can never tell a story mm. like that. And therefore, I don't think they can tell a love song. So anyway. We'll see. Well, <laughs> and then somebody said to me yesterday, maybe we can program them to make mistakes. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> I'm looking at, I'm going to, I'm saving it in a minute about your test on what your voice came out. On, oh, okay. on <laughs> I'm looking at Liji now and mm. on this app you have for example like a lot of images and I can't read like Mandarin mm -hmm. like but it's like FM 2695336 it looks like somebody's profile mm. oh yeah 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 so what what is that is that somebody who is that their podcast is it their voice or what and it's like a picture somebody's got like an anime picture and then some of them are real pictures mm. Let's see. Okay, I'm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, uh, I'm looking at the website right now as well, and at the top, yeah. So when it says like FM, you know, it says yeah. this is FM eight one three two five three. That's the that's like the serial number of your of your podcast. Yeah. So that dude at the top left, he looks like a he's got a mugshot of a police <laughs> station. Is that the one you're talking about? Eight one three two five three. The guy. Mm -mm, yeah, the guy. The guy. Exactly. So that's like his podcast. Yeah, that's his podcast. So he's like, so if I was to click that, he just looks like a young, a young. Student. Oh my god, he has so many listens. Oh yeah, he's oh. got two. Is that ten thousand man uh, and saying Japanese? So it's yeah, like yeah. Two million, two and a half million. Damn. <laughs> what? what? Okay, see, see. Okay, I I know I know what genre this is. So this is really popular in what China with. Um, see, each of his episodes are about like six minutes, like five minute, one minute, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking it's he he has a really nice voice and he's just like reading out this like chicken soup kind of like you know like love letters to people and people yeah. love listening to that. He's reading out love letters, six minutes, kind of, yeah, 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 or like you know telling a what, story. What's the genre? Um, what is it called in English? Uh, what's in Mandarin? Mei which literally means um like, chicken soup. <laughs> yeah, like um, recital of like uh, beautiful like words. Yeah, recital of beautiful words, essentially, uh, and that's what it is. It's like people with nice voice reading out this. Uh, um, usually, things related to dating or, or like self help stuff. Just, stuff. Yeah, 
Yeah. So he's got like two and a half million listens and 16,000 <laughs> followers. Yeah, this is insane. Well, does it say, I mean, I can't read it. Is he 34 <laughs> years old? Is that his age or not? 34. No, I'm looking at random numbers here. Mm. Does it say how old? He looks quite young. He looks quite young. Again, that might not be him, you know. Uh, but if, I was, <laughs> if you go down, let's mm -hmm. go down a little bit and have a look at this website. And there's some of those. So these are the women. Where are the women? Uh, oh. Down below the second row, I got it. Uh, uh, you're getting a different view to me. Mm, really? Yeah. So I'm looking at FM 2695336, who's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a woman. Shall I show you here? A have, a look, have a look. Uh -huh. All right. Let me show Yijing what's mm -hmm. going on. So this. Oh, okay. With like an enemy girl. She's got 115,000 followers. Uh -huh. Can you see that all right from the other side of the studio? I can I can see her, her picture. It's all like right. an enemy girl. Have a look at that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she's. If we just have a look, we just crown oh, over here. Let me read out uh, the the most recent title. Okay, yeah. it's uh, it basically says like, "Girl with cute voice gives you a call." <laughs> gives you a call? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, I think it might be something along the lines of role play. Ah, yeah, yeah. It's I don't think it's as sexual as it sounds. Yeah, but yeah. something like that. That's so, the point. It isn't really sexual. It's, it's more not, like I mean, it's like, not like, like on the uh, um treading a line. Yeah, but that's the point, isn't it? It's it's like more about sort of connection and relationships. Mm, it's mm. people just kind of finding exactly. themselves in like the, the world. I yeah, feel the people who who don't have you know a cute girl calling them like they listen who? to this. Who does? <laughs> so they listen. To Nobody this. does, right? Nobody has a cute girl <laughs> calling them, right? So that's so the you, point. Yeah. So you listen to this girl with a cute voice and like you know give you mm. a fake phone call. She's uh, so. That's her channel, right? Yep, that's her channel. And she's got, look at the numbers. Look, she's got 115,000 followers, but look at that. That's, what's that in millions? Six and a half million? Mm, six and a half million listens. listens. That's just mind blowing. It is. And how many? Yeah, so she has 69 episodes, but it's like six and a half million listens. But total. if you consider, I, mm. I don't know the quality of this, and maybe one day we can actually play one of these back. So can we actually kind of hear it? Is that all right to kind of like. Mm, I think we, we can. Just click on. Yeah, let's see. If we can just play. I want to play one of these just to the, see. The girls, the girls one. Yeah, let me just see. If I can. Oh, my oh what's going on? <laughs> that sounds a little bit more sexual than we thought it was going to be, right? Um, yeah, definitely. Okay, we would. And actually, there was uh, a guy who was really popular that yeah. uh, I stopped listening to because I thought it was like going down the wrong side. Yeah. yeah. So is that know. sort of like? So is she doing that because she wants people to contact her or what? I mean, are people are they monetizing it or is it just kind of? Is this like mm. sort of early early stages of YouTube where mm. people are just sort of throwing out all kinds of random stuff and seeing what the market they are definitely getting money from this because you can buy coins and give it directly uh, like to red packet type things or? uh similar it's a, it's a bit more like those uh gaming platforms where uh, you watch people game and then you just like buy gifts for them so right similar to that so yeah. what we have here effectively it's like youtube audio Right? Yeah, in yeah. a way, it's like Spotify, but where anybody could submit anything without mm -hmm. Spotify without the music. In yeah, a way. yeah. It's just like lots of random people. Yeah, lots of random people. It is random people. It's like for uh, real. Yeah, it's like kind of that. It's it's almost like where if you think about iTunes and Spotify, are uh, stage one in in trying to give people a platform to share their podcast. This is like even taking it a step further, which is like even more atomized and democratized, isn't it? Mm. Where just like anybody is just like making sounds yeah, yeah saying six minutes 
and building a following, right? Definitely. When you did the test, your voice test, what was your results? Um, My voice test? uh, So I think they have an algorithm that listens to your voice, like the pitch and the tone and everything. And then they give you uh, a few tags. So my tag was like sweet Lolita voice or something like (laughs) that. (laughs) So like girlish voice, basically. Girlish. Girlish. So they're also, you know. What kind of people is that going to appeal to? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe the wrong kind of people, no? Mm, Well, but they're all kind of like, good text there's no uh, like you know creepy voice no such thing right. yeah <laughs> yeah it can be, but it's like either girlish or maybe something like uh mature and yeah. then even for for men as well like you know deep mature voice yeah. or like uh um like young boyish voice that kind of thing Interesting. Yeah. but there are i mean i'm just sort of scrolling through this and i just think it yeah. fascinates me because i think my whole career is about been reading distant signals mm-hmm you know, I, I see myself as that sort of bridge mm-hmm. like between people who are out there foraging for the berries and the people back in the cave. Mm. And like, even when I go back to the days of trying to unpack those signals when young people were using mobile phones, mm-hmm. the pages, and interpret that for brands. I see something else here. I see this as this is kind of like something else happening in the, you know, it's like what we're doing here is we're allowing people to you know, tell their stories, but even in a, a less sort of produced way than standard podcasts. Yeah, definitely. And I feel the fact that it seems to be primarily, and I look at the website, it's just young people. Yeah. And there's, there's a few sort of old <laughs> dudes on it as well, for whatever reason, like a picture of some dog. <laughs> yes, like, I see that. Those are, uh, oh, actually that is under the genre of idols and the, Old man, you are seeing it's actually like a stand-up comedian. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. yeah. So comedy is really popular, isn't mm-hmm. it? Regardless of age, yeah, definitely. It's like I mean, you can imagine like so, like in America, for example, mm. like go back a few years, the public radio network was really popular for like politicians would use it mm. to build their fan bases. Mm-hmm. So some of these extreme politicians would do build their fan bases through radio, mm. not through TV. Mm. and because the reason because they just had that sort of like 24 7 access to these people and just pushing out content constant 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 and i think building a relationship through sound in a Mm -hmm. way right and people could phone in and so on Mm -hmm. i don't know there's something here i'm not saying it's political i'm just saying it's like you know people creating relationships through sound and through audio yep yep and you know that being part of the platform is really helpful because um, what we have right now with, you know, like be it Apple or Spotify yeah. or, or this other podcast apps is that you listen to it and then that's it. Like maybe at most you can leave a comment, but you're not really interacting with the other listeners, which are actually this community. Mm. I think a lot of podcasters take to like Twitter or, or mm, Facebook or Instagram or somewhere else. Right. Yeah. But that's like, you know, a different platform. That is interesting. That's the challenge that we find, isn't it? You've mm-hmm. got to have a different platform to yeah. promote the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Right. And actually the, the podcast platforms themselves are quite noisy mm-hmm. and discovery is a real problem. Yeah, it is. And you can't, you, you can subscribe, but that's been it. I mean, that hasn't changed for like yeah. 15 years. They, <laughs> that's like the subscribe button is like the biggest advancement in building a following in podcasting in the last 15 years. That's it. Yeah, that's kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> it is, isn't it? But I think about like, you know, if you take, look at, say to Spotify, I know Spotify have always got their focus on their business and what they're doing at the moment, but like the next wave 
mm-hmm. um, when it comes to podcasting is rather than, okay, you've got all this sort of professional podcast content coming through, but I think you have to build this whole sort of grassroots of oh, content. Oh, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Or somebody else is going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and like the China to English speaking world transition is not unknown. Himalaya, Himalaya, oh, yeah, right? already yeah. there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they, they have come from that world and they've got a hundred million in funding. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting. Um, just signing off, Liji, like what would be a recommended channel? Do you have a channel on that? Oh, I do. Yeah. Your podcast is on there? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And uh, the funny thing is because I do it as a hobby, right? Sometimes yeah. I wonder like, who are these people even listening to my podcast? Right. Yeah. I mean, there are actually statistics within the platform that shows yeah. you, for instance, I think 60% of my listeners are male and then they're uh, in, I think, like southern part of China or something like that. Yeah. So, Do you called, get interactions? No, I don't. Have uh, you had any like donations? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> not, not big yet. Not but, big, <laughs> not big donations, but no donations. Oh, uh, no, 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 as in, yeah, nope. Because I think a lot of people who get donations are more from like live streaming. Uh, yeah, okay. so, um, but yeah, sometimes I still wonder like, how, who are these people who actually, how did, how did they discover yeah. my podcast? Yeah. yeah. And you get interactions as well? Are people like commenting? Uh, sometimes, yeah. not a lot, but sometimes. Yeah, what sort of nature of the interactions? I mean, if you compare us, mm. I mean, like, iTunes, mm-hmm. what do you do? There's no, there's no. You give inter- a review, <laughs> which is like, It okay. takes like a month to show up, right? <laughs> Spotify, no interaction. Yeah. And SoundCloud, I mean, but SoundCloud's pretty lousy. It's a hosting platform. There's mm. no interaction, is there? No, not, uh, yeah, definitely not. Um, so actually there is a podcast that I would like to recommend, mm. which uh, we actually talk about it in the Podcast Junkies. Yeah, yes. give it a shout out. <laughs> Go on, get it shout in there. Out. Yep, shout out to Podcast Junkies. So uh, it's called, in English, it's called Midnight Talks. And it's actually um, quite, uh, it's a group of people who come from, uh, like with a music background, a background in the music industry. And then the good thing is that they've really, um, they managed to have a lot of different hosts hosting uh, slightly, dif- um, I guess, different programs, but all under the same brand. Mm. So let's say they have one host that will be talking about techno music, another host is, that talks about folk music, and a host that talks about, uh, you know, travel or like anime or something. But they're all under the same brand. And the thing is that mm, if you listen to one of them, you like one of the hosts, sometimes you you trust the quality that's being put out in within this brand. So you get you will go and listen to some other episode, and mm. then you realize that oh, I never I never thought I like techno music. Yeah. What's well, it called in Chinese? Uh, 大内密谈. Right. Is that popular on here? Yeah, it's it's popular. It was the first thing that uh, I listened to when I used the app, and that was what got me hooked. <laughs> yeah, and are these like music professionals? You say or yeah, not? They, or uh, just- yeah, so like uh, it's more not like a gig, is it? It's not their main gig doing this podcast. Now they are. They, right. I know it wasn't, but eventually they made the switch. Yeah. yeah. So I also shared in the podcast junkie. So what they do that's really, um, in terms of monetization, like, of course, besides the donations and all that, that's a small mm. part. It's to go for fan meets and also, um, curating trips for the for their listeners. Ah. Yeah. So how does that work? So for instance, because you know they talk about music right, and they talk yeah. about like let's say Fuji Rock or some festival, and then they will be like, okay, so now we have like twenty slots that people can sign up, and right, then right. we take care of everything for you, and then yeah. you know you get to like go on a trip with us. Yeah, that's yeah. big money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. That's a good gig for them. Okay, fascinating. It was a fascinating walk through the world of um, 
young people and yeah. tech in both China and Japan today. And hopefully um, some insights. I guess the, the point being is we've got to challenge ourselves a little bit. And I find, you know, having worked, I don't know how many years now, need 20 years in tech, I often find that I've had these situations where I remember when you know, social media was just starting out mm -hmm. and in the mobile world, they're just kind of getting onto it. And I would go in and present about social media and they would like, hmm, yes, yes, yes. And sort of scratch their, you know, I'm presenting <laughs> to like tech companies and they scratch mm -hmm. their chins and they'd like, yes, I saw my, my daughter at the breakfast table, get her phone out and start looking at Facebook. Like seriously, I had those kind of conversations and it's mm -hmm. only when they actually realized, look, it's happening around you that they sort of put everything together mm -hmm. until that point, they were sort of oblivious to it. So you just needed somebody to say, look, look, this is happening now. Yeah. And I think you close yourself to those signals. Yeah. You sort of like make yourself, anneal yourself, you re resist it. It's out there, it's happening. So in, in a way we have to kind of challenge ourselves and expose ourselves to the raw front line of hmm. change, young people, yep. breaking things breaking in a good things. way. <laughs> All right, so you've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Um, today, joined by a special guest. Hi, I'm Yijing. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> we might get you back on, Yijing. I think you did a good job. And then uh, we'd love to get some more insights and trends mm. from the front line. Not just China, but all over Asia as well. We want to know what's happening. So you're going to be our sort of uh, trend scout. Okay, love that. On this show. <laughs> love that. The weird and wonderful world of technology. Yeah, totally. I love that. <laughs> yeah, go digging. <laughs> yeah, so maybe as well, um, if you have discovered something weird and wonderful that Ejing should find out about, then reach out as well. So um, you can, uh, for now... I guess, again, this is the problem. How the hell do you comment on our <laughs> podcast? I know, right? We're not on Lee G yet, right? So yeah. here's the problem. So for now, let's do this. Let's um, connect on LinkedIn. That's the best way. And we'll post this out. So I'm Graham Brown and Ejing Joe. We'll put all the details in the show notes. And if you want to reach out to me on email, best way at this stage is gb at atp.show. gb at atp. atp.show. And then, yeah, I mean, if you're following on SoundCloud, Spotify, Give us a good review. I know it's the only way you can show your love for this show until we get onto the Chinese platforms. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Thanks a lot. Hi, this is Graham Brown. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast powered by Pitch Media. Now, Asia Tech Podcast is voice of the Asian tech ecosystem. We regularly bring you updates from leading storytellers in Asia. If you want to get more, go to our SoundCloud channel, that is available at atp.show slash soundcloud, atp.show slash soundcloud. Follow the link. You'll find our SoundCloud channel. And if you're a podcast fanatic, go and subscribe to us and follow us on SoundCloud. We'd love to hear your feedback on our latest episodes.